filibuster receives sponsorship from the Ehrlich Law Office, Discrimination, Wage, and Litigation Solutions for Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights matter, you deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They cover workplace discrimination and wage theft, non-competition and non-solicitation litigation, civil rights, takings and disability, and a lot more. For a free consultation, go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. So, Jason, I was in the mountains without much internet for the the past like uh, weekish, and uh, it seems like everything is great. I don't know what did did I miss anything? How, how, how are things going? It seems pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, Ben, you might want to just like turn around and head straight back to the mountains. Okay, um, okay. Let, let me let me let me let me let me uh, let me look at see let let me see what's going on. Oh, oh no. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh no. What happened? Yeah, and uh, the the larger world is also represented by those soccer findings that you definitely did just look up and and weren't just slapping your keyboard. <laughs> so yeah, go back to the mountains and uh I I, I might need to find my own mountain to occupy and uh isolate my mind from from these terrible things that I keep happening. I do recommend going to the Great Smoky Mountains. We had a lot of great hikes there. I don't recommend going to Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg because no one was social distancing or wearing masks there, so I don't recommend it. Okay. those I'll scratch those options off of my uh, mountain isolation list. Uh, I was thinking grander than those places anyway. I was thinking... But like no, a... I will say... The Great Smoky Mountain National Park is yeah. awesome. I highly recommend it. It rocks. So do go to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Don't go to Pigeon Forge or Gatlinburg, which are right outside the Great Smoky Mountain National just, Park. Just skip right past those places. Yes, right. yes, yes. yes. And, just and go straight to the park. Mountain. The park is great. I loved it. We loved it. Go there. It's good. Well, it, National parks also- are good. If you're uh, the Great Smoky uh, National Park, uh, Great Smoky Mountain National Park, and you want to sponsor Filibuster, uh, filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. We'll take your money. We'll talk about yeah. your mountain. We'll say it's good. I, I, I do, ben, I do actually ben know means people, it. This is genuine. I know. I do actually also know people uh, who are friends of friends, who people who work for the nonprofit that supports the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Uh, I don't think they'll, I don't think they, I can leverage that that relationship but i can try <laughs> well this is this is uh our first attempt uh at getting a national park to sponsor us if you are um, the great smoky mountain sponsor us <laughs> not any person related to the mountains if you are the mountain sponsor us yeah it, yeah exactly if you are the mountain please email us uh we've already mentioned the email address you can listen to podcast you're a mountain you figured it out you've been around yeah. for longer than we have uh and now that now that we've uh gotten into the world of anthropomorphized mountains, goat goat, welcome goat. Uh, welcome <laughs> to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Uh Adam has been swapped out for Ben. Uh Ben is back from Mountain Times, yep. uh, where he had fun while the rest of the world burned. 
uh, it seems like it was quite pleasant. It and, was great, uh, and, and and everything disastrous happened while I was yeah. gone. Um, and Adam, meanwhile, has uh, gone to bed, as far as I know. Um, so he's asleep. He's not on assignment. He's just asleep early because he was tired. Somewhere and, in DC. We yeah. Won't tell you where. He, no. Don't stalk him, please. Leave Adam alone. Yeah. Um, especially right now. He he's a, if he's too, too tired to podcast, you shouldn't. He's bother asleep. Him. Don't don't wait, bother him. Wait until he's awake, and then you can bother him. Uh, but we're not going to help you. By we're not going to tell you where. House. Yeah, no, we're not going to no, dox no, no. Adam so that you no. can bother him. Uh, in the way I don't even know what your plot is. Um, that's a Just different. Don't do it. Just don't yeah. do it. Rethink the whole thing for, fundamentally. I think. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, while Adam sleeps, uh, we're going to talk about this uh, very different uh, DC United era that we just started out on. But first, uh, before we even get into uh, what are you drinking, we're going to give Ben uh, the floor for about five minutes, or give or take. Uh, I guess I'll cap it at five minutes. Um, yeah, who do, I, I don't. I don't think it'll take that long. Probably not. But, but but Ben yes. didn't get the Ben did not get to say his piece on Ben Olson because he was still in the mountains. So I'm going to literally mute my microphone and give Ben the floor, and I will unmute if he goes over five minutes. I'm actually even going to grab my phone and pull up the uh, the stopwatch. <laughs> we're going to take this to we're going to take the bit as far as it needs to be taken. Okay. Uh, but Ben, the floor is yours. All right, y'all. Uh, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but I love Ben Olsen. Y'all love Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen is great. But two years ago, probably, it was time for Ben Olsen to move on. Uh, it just, it it wasn't working anymore. Uh, he has been far and along the longest tenured DC United coach. And... There were great moments. There were terrible moments. And um, he was great when the team needed to uh, scrap together wins. When the team, when the team situation was unsettled, he was able to come in and provide enough strength for the team to continue on. And sometimes that was great moments like making the playoffs, like uh, winning the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, 2012, uh, the U.S. Open Cup in 2013, uh, the playoff run in 2014, all of these were really great moments. And I think after that, I think it took a little different tact. I think while there were still playoff runs, I think it was a little harder after that. And so... I think it could have come as as early as 2017, which was a terrible year for DC United. Uh, he earned he earned it back, and then uh, with Wayne Rooney, it, it was it was a great run. But I love Ben Olsen, but I think now is the time to not only reconsider Ben Olsen's position, the head coach position, but I think it's now time to reconsider the entire soccer technical staff for DC United and uh, rebuild it from the ground up. I think that means getting rid of Dave Casper, getting rid of uh, 
of Chad Ashton. The we'll talk about how nobody can know what Chad Ashton is good at or not. But I mean, whoever they bring in is going to need their own staff. So I think it's time for a complete redo from the ground up. And I love Ben Olsen. I think he should have anything to do with DC United for as long as he wants. But it was time. The delay was because my screen just didn't want to bring up. It, it went white, and I just didn't. Nothing was happening. Uh, ben, Ben, you still had about two minutes and nine seconds left. But, uh, I know. I, I I knew I wasn't going to get to the whole five minutes just because I'm. Yeah. I never do. I like when I was in college. I I never uh, took the full time for essays or uh, tests or anything like that. I was always the first one to just finish and, and hand in my, my responses. So this is just me. Perfect. Uh, not too far from what was discussed on the, the last episode as well. Um, but with that, uh, now that you've had your, your fair say on, or something resembling it, I mean, you didn't get as much time as we got. Sure. Um, Sure. Sure. But, uh, with that out of the way, uh, what are you drinking? So, I mean, this is all, this is probably worse than uh, Ben Olsen being fired. Um, my wife loves Mountain Dew. It's just a fact. She loves it. Um, and she's been getting back into it recently. We've got Mountain Dew a lot recently. And uh, we just decided to get some whipped cream vodka. And I poured it in the Mountain Dew. And it actually tastes, I mean, it doesn't taste good like by a gastronomical sense but i mean it complements itself well we're uh, again let's be clear on this whipped cream vodka yes and and traditional mountain dew i mean diet mountain dew okay diet, yes. diet mountain dew and whipped cream vodka yeah yeah, uh, yeah. A combination i never anticipated um but uh it tastes like candy I mean, I imagine it's good. I will say I've had the whipped cream vodka at something or other. And the thing that stuck with me is not obviously the memory of the event, but what stuck with me was that it tasted like the, you know how you get like fruit flavored candies and they don't really taste like the fruit, but they taste like an approximation of a given fruit. They don't really taste like the exact real life fruit. Uh, The whipped cream vodka tasted like the, candy approximation of whipped cream rather than whipped oh, cream. Yeah, of course. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of get it. Um, I, I'm not sure I would want this drink, but also I definitely, if if it push came to show up and I was like, well, I want a mixed drink it's, and I got this and I got that, I guess. It's, I'm more, it's more gamer fuel, I will say. That makes sense. Oh, uh, this, oh, this oh. Speaking, speaking of that, oh. Yeah. Whipped cream vodka and code red. <laughs> we're getting we're getting into some real cursed territory. Uh, <laughs> I think we're gonna pump the depths. Yes, we are. Goes on, um, especially if if uh, the if they is, keep playing like this, what what else can I do? The thing is, if you keep talking about code red, that I'm gonna want some code red. Um, <laughs> And slowly but surely, like Adam, I think is going to lose his mind. Like I, I'm more tolerant of this kind of drink, I think, than Adam is. Um, yeah. In that I'm like, I, I could see making it uh, in desperate times. 
We're not um, going to tell you how to find Adam, but we are going to say flood his neighborhood with Code Red. We're not going to tell you what his neighborhood is, but you know what his neighborhood is and flood it with Code Red. Or just flood all of D.C. No, just flood all of D.C. with Code Red. And then you will, by happenstance, flood Adam's neighborhood with Code Red. I feel like this is is asking for some sort of toxic waste uh, <laughs> declamation or uh, superfund uh, designation from uh, various agencies because... I feel like Code Red can't possibly be safe in that in that quantity. I think it's like a force multiplier. The more oh, Code I'm Red, sure. yes, present, of course, the of more course. dangerous it becomes. Um, it's Adam's fault. So just flood DC with Code Red until Adam tells you to stop. It's Adam's fault now. Well, uh, Adam, good luck uh, against <laughs> the coming the coming red wave. Uh, that uh, is going going to, I guess, drench your neighborhood and uh, and quench your thirst. Um, go code red. Uh, I am drinking something much more simple. Uh, I am drinking uh, Patron uh, on the rocks. That's it. Um, That's better. That's a better thing. I, I finished my uh, long standing. I I bought the. Um, I would call it the handle, but they don't. That bottle does not come with a handle, but it's the handle size. It's the equivalent of a handle. The half, the half gallon. Yes, um, but uh, that bottle finally was finished off tonight in this glass that I'm holding in my right hand. Uh, so it's been with me through some tough times. I, I felt I felt a little sad because I haven't. Yeah, it's been there for a while because you just chip away at it. Um, right. It's a lot of tequila uh, for one person to drink, and I'm pretty sure all of it went into me like every single drip of that thing. Cause I never took it anywhere. And I don't remember any guests being like, yeah, I'll have some straight tequila. And if I'm making mixed drinks, I'm using a lesser tequila. So right. I think this Patron entirely went into me. Um, so I feel that there's a, there's a achievement there as well. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Sure. But anyway, um, we have the first uh, Ben Olson free game to discuss for DC United since October 29th, 1997. Do we, do we want to briefly say before that what we were doing uh, in October 1997 sure. before? Yeah. Before, what, what, uh, ben Olsen. Uh, ben, what, what was happening yeah. 23 years ago? <laughs> so J- Jason uh, uh, proposed this to everybody, but to to, to, to frame it, October 1997 was the last time that Ben Olsen wasn't on either the roster or the coaching staff for DC United. So we decided to, we decided to uh, investigate what we were doing in October 1997. Uh, the last time Ben Olsen wasn't with, uh, wasn't on the roster or coaching staff for DC United. And for me, I was in, sixth grade and I was creating a uh, website hand coding HTML uh, based on the Redwall series of books. I was very into it. Um, uh, and yeah, it was on a tripod website. It's been gone for over 20 years. Probably I tried to find it in the internet archive to see if it had been, if it were anywhere and it isn't. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I was creating a hand-coded website about 
uh, the squirrels and mice of Redwall 22 years ago. And this was age, what, 12? Yes, 12. 12. Yeah. Um, uh, well, no, yeah, yeah, 1997 would have been 12 for me, yes. Uh, while you were describing this, I looked up what songs were out at this time, and the the song that was topping the charts uh, when this happened was uh, Candle in the Wind 1997 uh, slash Something About the Way You Look Tonight for uh, from Elton John. Let me also say, this was around about the time I was in my first uh, church youth group musical. Okay. And at my first church youth group musical, I was given Weezer's Blue Album, which came out in 1993, Four. 1994, mm-hmm. and, also, and also a Christian punk band uh, live album that came out in like 1996. And those were my first two ever albums uh, that I ever owned, but I was given them uh, both in 1997, around also this time. And so... Those are those are my musical foundations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't listen to anything like that anymore. I listen to uh, quiet indie music, quiet guitar music now. But that that was the beginning of my musical journey. Was uh, MXPX, if anyone remembers that band, and and also Weezer's Blue Album. Yeah, the the other, the, I guess, the hit song that came out before that, because the Elton John thing was because uh, Princess Di had just passed away. And she died uh, on my birthday. Oh. On my well, literal birthday. That's not the best. Nope. Um, yeah, great. But uh, Honey by Mariah Carey and uh, mm, Mo no. Money, Mo Problems, uh, Notorious B.I.G., mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Puffy and Mace. So it's that long ago. These are all classic rock songs, by the way. Uh, every song I've just described because of its age is by definition classic rock. Um, three, three years after that, I bought uh, Radiohead's uh, Kid A, and that is also now a classic rock album. Classic rock staple. Um, yeah. I I was gearing up for the JV playoff game uh, against uh, Boys Latin. I think I tweeted about this. Uh, we yeah. won. Uh, that was that was not a that was kind of a slam dunk. Those guys, uh, they were really only two good teams in our division, and we were one of them. And Boys Latin made the playoffs and we were actually, it was like, this is another thing. This is long enough ago where the way we found out about who was in the playoffs was that our coach had to call, both teams' coaches had to call in the final score of the game and report any red cards. Uh, The referee also had to confirm. So you had three parties confirming the score of the game and any suspensions or disciplinary stuff that that the league had to handle. Um, And then I think, I think the day before game day, the coach would get a call back and the call would uh, give an update of the standings. Uh, And so we found out that boys Latin would be in the playoffs via a phone call that was then told to us by our coach. And I remember distinctly being like, those guys made playoffs. Um, (laughs) Apologies to any boys Latin. uh, No, uh, but your 1997 JV soccer team made the playoffs and, and it was kind of a joke. They should have. And, uh, we, I think we beat them 2 nothing, but it was one of those 2 nothings where it might as well have been 4. Um, yeah. But that's what that's what was going on in my world uh, at the age of, uh, at 15, uh, finishing up my sophomore year, playing JV because uh, I wasn't going to get any playing time for varsity, so they said, stay down here and play all the time. And it was fun. Um, but also, yeah. uh, you know, kind of a goof at times, uh, including maybe that playoff game was a little bit of a goof. 
Um, but anyway, now that we've indulged quite a bit in our past, uh, as 30 year old men or men in their thirties tend to do, um, DC went to Chicago for the first time all year. Uh, Chad Ashton took charge for the first time ever, give or take some suspensions for Ben Olsen, but in those games, that doesn't really count really in charge at that point. You're sort of running the game plan that's already been there. Um, but of course, given the short turnaround on this one, DC United played a familiar set of players, a familiar formation, a familiar result, unfortunately, a 2-1 loss in Chicago, set-piece goals, very familiar uh, on the negative side. Uh, CJ Sapong scoring very early. That's another familiar thing, CJ Sapong scoring against DC. That's familiar for like the past five years, six years. You just take it as a given. years, a hundred years. And uh, Boris Sakulic, a, a bit less frequent goal scorer against DC United in that he's never played DC before. Um, right before halftime, uh, DC came out and tried to create some things. Jonathan Bornstein eventually handed DC an own goal that required several odd things to happen. Uh, it was a shot that took two deflections. Bobby Shuttleworth was running off the field or Going so I don't know what he was doing. He was definitely not we'll, where he should We'll talk about how bad he was. Um, but uh, overall, Ben, uh, what, were, what was your take on this game? Obviously, it's it's a bad result, but the performance yeah. seemed a little different. It was twenty percent better than the past couple of games. Maybe it, it was noticeably better, especially like the. 20 minutes from the first goal uh, onward were better. And then the second half, that that was better. Like, it wasn't good by any stretch of the imagination, but it was better. I feel like they were pressing a lot harder. Uh, I feel like they were passing better. I feel like they did a a, a lot of little things better. And so... I don't know if that's just the the first game once your coach is uh, no longer there or if it's uh, you didn't like playing for him and now you're, you're a little freer. Um, they, they came out in an easy four, four, two, like a very simple uh, formation, not trying to put anybody out of their positions. And I like, they did. Okay. I like, they didn't lose as bad as their past couple of games. And I especially like, we can get into it a little bit uh, going forward, but um, I thought Chris Adewiachum did really well. And I think when he has the energy to go a full 90 minutes or a full 80 minutes to be replaced near the end, I think he should. I think he's a very, he's a good right back and deserves uh, that position. And so that's one thing I think we learned. And so we learned a couple of things and so yeah, we did okay. But also the set piece defending was horrendous. It so. was the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, we, in talking to Chad Ashton uh, heading into the game, uh, the quote, the real quote, the, the, the most important quote that I took away from that by far was him saying that he wanted to let the players, as he put it, enjoy their football. Uh, I'm quoting him exactly because you know I'm not saying football unless I'm nope. quoting him verbatim. Um, ne- neither of us on this podcast are. 
But uh, he wanted the guys to have some fun out there uh, to some extent and get to play on on the front foot a little more. Uh, And then he said that the players said to him that they wanted to be a more attack-minded team. They wanted to have more of the ball, take more chances. Um, And so he said, I'm going to let them do it. I'm going to give them uh, some, some free reign to, uh, to high press and some, you know, some tactical instruction that isn't just, let's not take risks in possession. Let's take some risks. We'll, we'll, we might give up a counter here and there, but that's so be it. You know, that's how we're going to have to play. Um, there are elements of what went on in the game, putting aside the set piece stuff, which the, the set piece defending was, we already, you know, we've been down this road enough times. We know it's, it's very bad and it's mostly individual stuff. It's, it's guys missing their marks. It's guys not winning those little battles. It's not anything complicated. It's not that this team is not doing, it doesn't look like they're unprepared so much as they are just not, they seem surprised at how much they're going to have to compete on these things. It's not that it's a, a bad, uh, you know, script, it's it's the execution on that script in the moment that keeps going wrong. Well, and I also think it's a little bit of, I think they've gotten used to Stephen Birnbaum winning all these headers. And if he's injured, he's not there to win all those headers. And uh, Frederick Briant is a little slower now and he can't, he can't replicate what uh, Birnbaum does. And... It, 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 they're just not there anymore. But I mean, it, it's it's similar to what you were saying. It's just I don't think they they don't have the number of people who can get to those headers anymore. Can't get to that space anymore. Yeah, and they they one thing they were running into like on on both goals, one center back is very close to getting ahead on the service. Right. Um. And that's that is something. Um, though I will say, if, if a header, if if Donovan Pines is doing everything he can to get to a header, and he can't quite get to it, then the problem isn't necessarily center backs being unable to get to that ball. It's them deciding to go for it in the first place. Because part of judging these services is to say, like, I can't get to it. I have to get in the way of the shot. I have to interfere somehow without winning the header. The header is off the table. I'm not going to get there. Um, and that is part of it. The, the, the judgment on these things has been just a little bit off to on, on a fairly regular basis. Um, but, you know, the second goal is Yamil Assad just doesn't, he, his man is goal side of him and he tries to make up for, he actually gets away. There's a Jersey tug in there that didn't oh, yeah. work either. Um, yeah. But it, and he, he not, like, he like double failed. He, he right. Jersey tugged, it didn't work. And then he gave up and it didn't work. So, um, you know, the, the set piece thing aside, um, I will say that I, I had a couple other qualms with the selection. You know, the fact that uh, we're looking at four four two in a league where that's been kind of left by the wayside for a reason. Um, I I will say DC did an okay job executing uh, a four four two overall. Um, I've- I thought it was decent just for like it was his it was Chad Ashton's first game and it's you're going back to basics, you're trying to it at least like reconsider what you're doing. Like, I mean, y- you can tear that apart because he's been there for 14 years and he should probably be able to uh, uh accelerate what, what he wants to do, but 
I don't mind the 442 so much by itself just because it's his first game in charge. It's his first game to like throw whatever Ben Olsen wants to do by the wayside and 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 recommit to the beginnings. And and I mean I think a lot of it isn't even about anything like that because they didn't have a lot of time to remodel right. very much. Um one factor for DC right now is you gotta put a formation together out of the players that are available. Right. Um and so DC does have three out and out strikers who are fit and then they've also got Flores and Yao. So they've got plenty of forwards. So you're automatically like, okay, just from a resource perspective, we almost have to put two forwards on the field um, because we've got so many forwards. And that means we have uh, one less position strained elsewhere because this is a team that didn't travel. You know, Moses Nyaman was, was at home. Um, Apparently he'll be fine for Wednesday uh, or at least is expected to be fine for Wednesday. Um, But this was a situation where if Junior Moreno or Russell Canals had, picked up an injury it would have been julian gressel most likely coming inside or kevin paredes trying to play as part of a a midfield duo um so some of it is just a shortage of players which gets into some other stuff we'll deal with in the coming weeks but um i will say that just in general the the willingness to have the ball the willingness to allow some positional freedom i think Assad especially was popping up uh, kind of all over the field, uh, in, especially in the second half. Um, Sorga was leading the press. Uh, he was all over I the liked, place. I like. I thought Sorga did a good job. Uh, yeah, if you're going, if you're telling the team you have to high press and you're going to tell your fastest forward to lead that press, um, this is what that's supposed to look like. So I think Sorga did a good job interfering with Chicago's attempts to to play out, and and the pressure did. It didn't turn into any, I, I was about to say it didn't turn into any major, major chances. It did turn into one uh, where Bobby Shuttleworth uh, basically just kicked the ball aimlessly right at uh, Helman Rivas, who just wasn't ready for it. Um, and the ball unfortunately hit Rivas and went back to Shuttleworth rather than it being Rivas shooting on an empty net. But uh, So um, go ahead. should we talk about uh, Helman Rivas, like, not being able to see five feet, sure. five feet is, in front of his face. This is this is one of my issues on the day, and and it's not necessarily a selection issue, uh, because you know after the game, this was one of my questions uh, for for Chad Ashton, and he basically just said that you know Kamara's played a lot of minutes, and we've got another game on Wednesday, and this is a rotation thing. So I get it. Um, you've got to rotate these guys especially when your roster is this short, you can't just play these guys forever. And there are combinations you can't play together. You know, a forward pairing of Griffin Yao and Edison Flores doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, So I get that there is a certain need to rotate at some point in there, but Rivas Rivas kind of struggled in this game at seeing, especially seeing seeing Yamil Assad. Um, It seemed like there were several times at, especially when it was only one nothing where Assad would do something and he would like make a quick combination. He would link up with, with junior Moreno or Joseph Mora and they would play a little quick triangle. And the third moment in that would be Rivas needing to see the next pass. Uh, And usually it was to his left and this would be the pass that opens things up. So then Rivas can get into the box and do what he wants to do. And in those moments he was looking only 
in the direction his head was facing towards the middle of the field. And that's what he saw. And there was no, like, you're not, he's not doing the shoulder check. He's not doing just having the general sense that Assad or Mora is going to come into that space and be there. Um, and that some attacks broke down because of it. And it, that was fairly frustrating for me. Yeah. And I also think that it was like Helman Rivas embodied that he, he was the main avatar of that, but I also feel like, it wasn't just him. I feel like there were a number of attacks. I think Assad uh, too uh, uh, put his head down and was running at uh, the defense and he didn't pick up and look at other people uh, running into the attack. And I think it was a team-wide problem of them not seeing other people who were uh, available and available to uh, uh, run onto the ball and and make something different. So, uh, I, I, Helman Rivas was the uh, primary example of that, but I don't think it was just him. Right, and and this is this kind of gets into where DC is right now, which is that it's still not a very good team. Uh, this was yeah. an improvement. Um, it's a major improvement over the Atlanta and even the NYCFC games. Um, and even I would go so far as to throw in the Nashville and the New England games. It's better than all of them. Um, it felt there was a stretch of this game, even when DC was down to nothing, where it felt like they could get a goal. And once they did that, we might have a, you know, a small chance at actually coming back. And when they got the goal, it did feel like for a little while, like they were going to get some chances. Maybe, maybe, you know, it's unlikely in any soccer game that you come from, Two zero down to get anything, but uh, it felt like at least there would be some hope. And we've had a long time where if DC conceded a second goal in a game, the game was over. Um, you you could you could call it right then and there. Um, right. And this was the first time in a while where that didn't really feel like the case. Um, be it uh, you know I, I, there were a few good chances. Uh, I mean. Rivas also had the best chance of DC's night for sure um, with uh, Julian Gressel giving him an absolutely perfect cross and he just headed it right at Shuttleworth uh, where if he puts yep. it anywhere else, it's one, one. Um, and that we, you know, if that goal goes in at that time of the game, I think that's enough of a lift for DC and also Chicago wasn't particularly uh, note. They didn't have a noteworthy performance by any means. Um, right. And, and just also Shuttleworth, Shuttleworth was, uh, bad enough that if they were able to get any goal in uh, besides the own goal, which wasn't, re- wasn't on Shuttleworth, but if they'd been able to get uh, any goal in to rattle Shuttleworth enough, I think they could have pulled it out because he wasn't very good, but they just weren't able to, uh, to pull that out. And, you know, they, they had their, they had their looks. He did, get forced into some save DC ended up with uh, 14 shots and six on goal, which is double in both categories, double what Chicago got out of the game. Um, So, you know, this was, it was a loss in the way that a a run of the mill bad team loses a game. Um, This is a loss in the way that Chicago might lose a game Um, or that like Nashville might lose a game this season. Like these are teams that aren't very good. Um, but they, they like DC United. Well, that, I mean, let's yeah. hope so. You know, if DC can be this on a regular basis, they're also going to win sometimes. Um, they, 
would be able to beat your, you know, FC Cincinnati's or your maybe Chicago comes to DC, they could win these games. Um, whereas previously it did not feel like they could beat anyone. Um, right. So it is progress and it, it was a more attractive brand of soccer. This was a more watchable game um, than sure. many other recent DC games. So um, I think a lot of that came down to the fullbacks. You mentioned uh, Chris Adoya Chem. I want to shout out Joseph Mora for looking um, yeah. like himself for the first time in quite a while. Um, and I also thought Junior Moreno looked look like the Junior Moreno that we the standard that we expect out of him hasn't been there this year. And in this game, we saw the junior Moreno we're supposed to see. Um, right. They can be better. They can both be better, but this is in, in the baseline, normal, decent game from those guys. And we haven't seen it in a while. Um, so yeah. those things were, were pretty, I think pretty noteworthy. I do want to bring up, um, we mentioned Edison Flores. He is actually back. This was his first game since August. He got 31 minutes off the bench, uh, had a couple shots, had some moments of relative danger, also had some moments of relative rust. Uh, then what were your thoughts on him overall playing in that, uh, you know, playing as a true forward in this game? I mean, I thought he was direly needed because he provided a level of uh, connectivity between the midfield and the attack that, we haven't had in in months i this team no team but this team especially needs a number 10 or needs a playmaker or needs somebody who can connect the midfield to the attack or can who can uh uh make things happen in a way that we haven't had since he was injured and so this was wholly necessary and he didn't uh, paper over everything and make everything great and wonderful, but he showed that he showed a little bit how like, Oh, even though I'm injured, even though I'm not ready, not uh, fully integrated into MLS, I can, I can hopefully maybe uh, become that person in uh, by the beginning of next year. And, yeah. and, and, Mid-season signings, uh, early season signings are always, uh, in MLS, it's always like, oh, he needs six months before he, uh, a player from outside of MLS can really get integrated. And then with COVID and with all of these things, with him getting his uh, f- uh, face injured, it, it it made a lot of things different. And so hopefully he can take the rest of this season and get integrated and then become the playmaker. I think he can be uh, come next year, but I liked seeing a little bits of sparkle, little bits of, Oh, he can do this in this game. Yeah. I think, I think if, if DC is going to play two forwards for the rest of the year, um, the, the possibility of what he and Ola Kamara can do, I think they're, there's a there's a potential for that to work really well. Um, he definitely had some moments where he got into good spots, but then the final execution wasn't right. But you know he hasn't played in so long. Right. Um, exactly. One one good piece here is that the nature of his injury, once his headaches and concussion subsided, um, he would be able to do physical training. So this is not a situation where he wasn't able to kick a ball or or run or anything like that. Um, 
So it's not quite the same as coming back from a major knee or ankle injury where there's right. a long period where you lose fitness. Um, so that's why it was 30 minutes and not 15. And right. maybe maybe against Philly on Wednesday, maybe we're talking, maybe he starts and plays 45. Um, right. That might be nice to see. Um, I think the the fact that he's willing to drop off a little more is is really interesting because right now when you look at DC playing 4-4-2, um, if it's Rivas and Sorga, that, you know, dropping underneath, it, it fell on Sorga. It ended up being more than anything else. And Sorga's game is more predicated on running in behind. So if he's having right. to drop off, he's also, he's not going to be able to then run in behind. Um, and that link, you know, it, it's not so much that Flores, I wouldn't call him necessarily a traditional playmaker. He's more of a, just a general clever attacking player who's going to find space between the lines um, to combine with other people. So um, him dropping off into that space, especially compared to Rivas, for example, um, Flores might more quickly develop a sense of how to combine with Assad. Or if, if Ashton opts to rotate against the union, it could be Kevin Paredes out on the left. Uh, we, we won't know until Wednesday. Um, but you know, the, the, the way United is set up right now, it is kind of a throwback. And in that throwback flat four, four, two, the the four, four, two, you get when you turn on football manager or FIFA and it's like, what's your formation? Here's a formation. Um, you do need someone coming off that front line so that the midfield isn't having to go the distance to connect with them and get near them. So he fits that role. If they're going to play four, four, two, that's where he belongs most likely. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful that we get more minutes out of him uh, against Philly because they're going to need it. Uh, the union are yeah. unlike Chicago and DC, a genuinely good team. Um, they, they could be a real problem. They, and they're the kind of team that could demoralize DC a little bit because this, this was the first game in a while where the, the post game uh, atmosphere with the group wasn't so beaten down. I think the players knew that they created enough chances to get something out of the game. And I think they knew they did it by having the ball and high pressing and they, they played the way they wanted to play and they gave themselves a chance to win. And they could say that honestly, and it's been a little while since they could say that without it being like, well, you kind of stole it. Um, This was one of those where, you know, on another day and the, the expected goals numbers there, the metrics are kind of all over the place for this game, but they all kind of point to DC having r- roughly this should have been a one-one game uh, in most expected goals models, and um, and DC merited their goal. It wasn't; a, it wouldn't have been an act. I mean, their goal they got was a weird one, um, but that's another thing that's kind of evaded this team is getting that weird lucky break from time to time. But guess what? When you attack more and you have more of the ball and you take the game to your opponent, things happen. Sometimes some stuff happens. Uh, this yeah. is, it's the same reason why the big teams in these uh, European leagues always end up winning penalty kicks more than everyone else. It's because they have more of the ball. They're always in the other team's box. And so things happen. Um, That's why Manchester United gets Fergie time because thing, things happen. It's not just psychological bias. It's also just you're around the box. So stuff might happen in some kind of way. And it's nice. I I'm fine with losing as long as it's the loser. The losses are like this. If you're going to lose, lose, trying to score, lose, trying to have the ball. I mean, this was a road game. 
you know lose doing something right this this whole season going on the road has meant an acceptance that you're not going to 35 percent possession was like the high point uh for a dc road game up to now and this was a game where they actually out possessed chicago so um it's it's a building block it shouldn't be the finished product though if if they were right if they come out and are satisfied with this as as good as it's going to get philly is probably going to be a big old problem for dc uh on wednesday but we'll see um i guess before we we don't have a guest tonight we only chose to do the show i don't know like 10 hours ago um because the games keep coming so quickly and well, we were we don't even we don't even have to talk about uh the next game necessarily right. but jason i want to ask you a question uh and maybe this will just end it because i don't really want to talk about philly uh i feel like we've talked about philly a lot over the past we we do uh, we always uh, have to talk about philly yeah. it feels like <laughs> right um what do you think about branko boscovich coaching dc united uh, if he brings the jacket uh, okay. or an equivalent equivalent garment, uh, which I'm sure he has access to, like I'm sure that wasn't his only amazing jacket. Right. Uh, for 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 people who aren't quite sure what we're talking about, just just search Bronco Boscovich. You'll eventually find an image of him wearing a a phenomenal leather jacket leaning it's up against really a goalpost. Great. Oh, it's um, so great. It it's the perfect expression of who he was as a player. I feel like and um, and. I- and of like nineties year. I miss fashion. him. I I miss him. Um, I do think we do have one thing that we we kind of discussed before the show that isn't really DC United news. It's more general MLS news. Um, this ongoing situation with uh, with COVID around the league, which has come to affect DC. They have a player yeah. that is out with that right now. Um, they played. They continue to train and play which seems dubious uh to me um so far though no other positives at least there's that hopefully that keeps being the case um other teams haven't been so lucky the colorado rapids are looking at rescheduling their next three games i think it is um yeah and they've already rescheduled they were already two behind four more games yeah they, they were already at two behind and now they're they've got three more that are going to get moved um, that that get where games coming up because they keep having positive tests because. So they're, they're just not going to be able to finish the season. And yes. if they're not going to be able to finish the season, MLS is going to have to figure something out because right. the Colorado so one, Rapids are going to have to like, if they want them to finish the season, they're going to have to play a game a day for two weeks. And that's not going to happen. So, so two things have come out this evening uh one while we were recording um sam stashkel at the athletic reported that mls is uh in i'm using his word unlikely to adopt a bubble uh format for the playoffs um which uh our our friend jeremiah oshan recently wrote an article that was very persuasive on why they should use a bubble for the playoffs and yes, apparently yes. Use, a, use an effing bubble do it like <laughs> The, N- yeah. the NBA just proved how a bubble could work. Also, MLS proved how a bubble could work like a couple of months ago. All, so did the, so did the NWSL. Yeah, NWSL, WNBA, NBA, uh, NHL. The, the, same, the same soccer league we are talking about right yeah. now had it work. 
the, these groups have all MLS had maybe arguably the least successful bubble because they did have a couple scares, uh, but still far more successful than having the Rapids on a uh, most likely what, what's being thrown around out there is that the league would be looking at them as a um, they would just be measuring their points per game rather than their points total. So they might just have fewer games uh, and everyone's points per game would be put in the standings table and whoever's average points per game uh, would get in. The other thing this brings but up also, is... Also, I, I would prefer to play the, the Rapids right now. I'd, I'd get more points for my points per game. If you were if you took the field against the Rapids for a real game, what you would well, get I'd is... I'd be dead. Forfeit. Yeah. No, you'd get a forfeit. because Well, that too, there. yeah. Um, but, uh, no, uh, the, the situation with the Rapids is such that um, their points per game actually would put them in a playoff spot. And if they continue having a COVID outbreak... How are they supposed to participate in the playoffs? Uh, how are they supposed to take the spot that they would be occupying? Um, because they, the Rapids are, they've played 13 games and they have 19 points. They have the West's last playoff spot. Uh, okay. But everyone else in the West that is competing for that spot, other than the Galaxy, all the rest of them have played four more games than the Rapids. And they yeah, are still bad. in the playoff spot, which means it's going to take a lot for them to fall behind on a points per game basis. If you, if you divide this up points per game and the Rapids climb the table, uh, they end up probably in fifth, I would think. I'm just eyeballing it right now and not doing the math in my head. Um, no yeah. one needs math. But the point is that, um, you know, the Rapids situation was always bound to catch someone because of the nature of this whole thing. Um and it's really difficult to figure out what to do with them. And and but and that means, well, what do you do with the whole thing? Um, what do you do with throw the it in the, the trash? Uh, what do you do in what do you do if another team has an outbreak? Um, which, again, we've got several teams that could that could happen. We've already got positive tests in a few cities. You have a couple more of With those DC spread. United, right? In theory. Um, We've also got a situation brewing now with um, Peru, where um, Raul Ruiz Diaz and another Peruvian national team player that isn't an MLS, uh, Alex Valera, um, have been confirmed as testing positive. When Ruiz Diaz got got on the plane, he was negative, and now he's testing positive. So uh, he's going to be out for quite a while for Seattle, which is a huge development for them. Uh, We've also got the... We've Go also got the situation of uh, a FC Dallas designated player uh, not only getting suspended for uh, having a hundred people well, at a party at Rayle his Salt house. Lake. Oh, it's Ray Salt scandal. Lake. Wrong scandal. Okay. <laughs> uh, da- Dallas had their own scandal, which they just um, they tried to tell Reggie Cannon he needed to apologize for fans who booed him for yes. uh, taking a knee uh, against police brutality. Uh, they should not have told him that. They should have said, right. "We stand with you, Reggie, and and we're going to make sure that those fans aren't act, aren't acting like that anymore." And instead, they were like, "Reggie, could you apologize to the fans that you offended?" Right. Um, yes, Sam Johnson from yes. uh, RSL had a party with a hundred people at his house, and then also yes. there were guns fired at his right. house because the last so thing you was, need it was a double bad thing. Right. So the league has kind of fallen into chaos very quickly here, um, and uh, most of that. You know, most of those last two isn't really going to affect. Uh, I mean, it might affect Sam Johnson, who should be quarantined at the very least. And if if he's not, you know, if he doesn't have his contract torn up by RSL for 
I think that's pretty clear failure to live up to this, the, um, <laughs> right. the terms of the contract. Um, but even, it, even if he is allowed to stay and play, he'll have to be quarantined because he had this giant party uh, and had many guests in his home, all of whom could have been positive for COVID. Um, but yeah, the league is in a really difficult situation with this because the Rapids... Oh, like, just do a bubble for the playoffs. Right. Um, the, the Rapids are not going to be safe to play. Someone else might get there. Uh, you've got Seattle losing their leading scorer in what could have been an MLS Cup season. Now might might be off the table. Uh, no disrespect to Will Bruin, who, if he played the way he does against DC, they would have no problems, but he doesn't right. do that against everyone else. Uh, so yeah, th- things have gotten very chaotic very quickly, and it seems for all the world um, like a helpful way to handle this would be a playoff bubble. Um, and instead, MLS has said... Probably not. And also, apparently, according to Jeff Carlisle, they've said we are definitely not moving MLS Cup back any further, um, which gets into its own problem. Like if you have MLS Cup at the highest seed, you're now risking mid-December weather in Toronto or, or wherever. Um, you, Jason, they did they did mid-December weather in Toronto in yes. uh, 2010. So what's what's the deal? It was a very bad idea. It was historically I mean, cold. The game yeah. was miserable. Um, it, it, playing it, in a bubble allows you to pick a vi- an environment where that isn't as big of a problem. Um, and in fact, the weather will be better than the last bubble because the last bubble was Orlando in the summer. Um, Orlando in the winter, a whole different, uh, a whole different thing. So, I, I hope that the league is doing this out of some reason other than sheer cheapness. Uh, but I can't rule that out. Um, maybe just the players were like, just, just do a bubble. The bubble's the best idea. I, I mean, if the players said we refuse to do a bubble, then at that point you've got to be like, well, maybe we're just not having playoffs this year. Um, right. uh, which should be something that I, they're not going to consider. And I'm sure the TV contract doesn't allow them to consider it unless TV daddy tells them that they cannot have playoffs. But, uh, I, at some point, something's got to give, and I feel like it's giving, like literally today, as we record the podcast. Right. Um, I, I, this isn't a DC problem, most likely. We're not going to be covering playoff games, I don't think. Uh, given that DC is now, um, what is it, seven points out of the playoffs with six games left to play, don't think that's going to work itself out. Even if the even if the performances get better and the results get better and they win four of those six games uh they right. go four one and one they're still probably not making the playoffs um this is a team that would need to run the table to realistically be in the playoff race and that's that's not going to happen um so it's not a dc problem so much as it is just i i feel like at a certain point you just gotta it's nice to see when people and organization handles covid in a responsible manner in any sphere at all and I would really right. like it if MLS was like, here's what we got to do to handle COVID. And the answer is not, let's continue playing as if everything is going fine. When it's not, you know, it's not clearly it's not. Um, so yeah, a playoff bubble makes a lot of sense to me. Just ben, do it. Ben leaned real close to his microphone to express how he feels about it. Yep. I sure did. So. Uh, I haven't been on the podcast in like 14 episodes because a lot of stuff happened. It has been a while. The games keep happening. Uh, we keep having more and more games and fewer and fewer days, fewer and fewer days between them. 
Um, and so Ben missed several episodes where normally this vacation would have cost him one, maybe two tops. Um, and instead it's, it's like, I don't know, five, 15, who knows? Who knows? I still, I still edited them all because that's yes. what I do. But Ben still, Ben still fulfilled the crucial role of editing the podcast. Uh, but he yeah. did not get to express himself. And so no. now he gets to yell about bubbles because that's yeah. where we're at in 2020 is that yeah. our soccer podcast has to be about disease safety. Bubbles. Yeah. Bu- bubble tournaments. Um, I, I guess that's it. Uh, I think we've said what we need to say. Um, DC plays Philly on Wednesday. We're not going to really get into it. You, you know about the you union. Know, you know about it's the, the same. union. I'll, I'll give the, you the, union. Short, the short review is the union are the same. Uh, Brendan yeah. Aronson hasn't left yet. It's the union. It's going to be a tough game. Jim um, Curtin's there. They're the same. That game will, if I'm not mistaken, like all the other games since MLS is back started, be on my, my, I'm sorry, my cat, my cat is sneezing her face off in the background. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's my cat okay. sneezing her face off. Uh, I think that's a, those are pro bubble sneezes. I yeah, think. I think so. Um, I think so. Yeah, the, the, the game is Wednesday, 8 p.m. Uh, WJLA 24-7 or DCUnited.com. If you live outside the bubble, the, the TV bubble in this case, uh, ESPN Plus, you probably end up with the Philly broadcast for reasons that we've never been able to divine nope. why the why the league and or ESPN never chooses the DC broadcast. They it don't make ever. any sense to me. Uh, so you might be hearing Tommy Smythe uh, oh, no. on the camera. Don't do uh, it. I, don't, I find don't know a, find a way. It's it's Tommy Smith. Tommy Smith is definitely one of. I think it is Tommy Smith and and JP. That's JP. what it was. I don't know if it is this year or not. I think they might no, have brought I, in. I, I've to, I, it, it's it's all three of them. I've listened to one of their podcasts oh. this year, and it's all three of them. So, so that's that's a that's going to be a it's whole pretty thing. bad. I mean, Lori um, Lindsay, Lori Lindsay's good, but uh, Tommy Smith and JPD aren't. So, so that's that's what the fate that might befall you if you live outside of the TV bubble. So, if you can find a way to solve that problem for yourself, we can't endorse any of those as a site, but. You, you might know of some things uh, that we wouldn't know anything about, certainly. Um, couldn't, couldn't possibly tell you. And on that dubious note, uh, we're going to stop having a podcast uh, for, for now. We'll be back they will be later back. this week, but this one needs to stop. So I'm going to stop does. it now. Uh, should I do the, the whole rigmarole or should I, just, should I just actually end the podcast? There's stuff that Adam always says that I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, You know that stuff. Say goodbye, Jason. (laughs) Goodbye, Jason.